Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Every split second of this historic flight, every intimate detail, every heartbeat was monitored by Mission Control in Houston. This is Capricorn 1. We have landed. There's only one small catch. It never happened. It's all a lie. A fantastic $30 billion hoax. And who killed the president? Oh, man, why don't you fucking stop it? Shit! This is too fucking big for you, you know that? This is... Who did the president? Who killed Ken? Fuck, man! It's, it's a mystery! It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma! Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Hey guys. Welcome to Can You Hear Me? I can. I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. I am Heavy Longmire. And you can find us on Twitter at Real Gustav. Muzzy74, no you. Fucking use. <laughs> There's a silent you. And at Longmire Heavy. And you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. So, how you boys been? Good. Fair to Midland. Yeah. Nice throwback to terms our grandfathers use that nobody yep. knows what the hell they mean anymore. Well, we got an email here, guys. Actually, we got two. Okay. And they both happen to be, have titles involving conspiracies. Ooh. Intriguing. I wonder how they got here. I don't know. And these are two, as far as I know, unrelated people. So the first one comes from our friend Bailey J. Hey, Bailey. Not the real Bailey J, but the fake transsexual Bailey J. Foil hats. Any time for podcast discussion on conspiracy theories? And P.S. Fuck those adult babies. We're not marching for them. Amen to that. (laughs) Hallelujah. So let's see what this other one has, because it actually has conspiracies in the title. This is from one Cody Allen. Cody. Sup, G's. Sup. It's funny that sup is in the email. Yes, since that's a, has a, we have a history of that term. I've been awake for about 35 hours. This is the mark where I get into conspiracy theories. Oh. 35 hours up. Do Do any of you subscribe to a particular topic like the Sam Squatch, parentheses Sasquatch, Moon Pigeons, (laughs) Which I've never heard that term. <laughs> no, that's a new one. Government or geography related, i.e. Bermuda Triangle, Paris, Ukraine, catacombs, etc. And he's got a couple other bullet points, and I think we'll just circle back. Uh, next question is, how do y'all feel about North Korea? Are they the best Korea? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're the northest of the Koreas. They are the furthermost. Uh, let's see. Then we have, what's up with some bitches not using the turn signals in certain East Texas counties? 
That is a very real problem. Yes, There's it is. No doubt. It's... I was doing some cussing today about that. <laughs> and how many bones have y'all broken combined? I'll think more next things next time. Mic drop, Cody. Let's start off with the easy one. The some bitches not using turn signals. Drives me freaking nuts. It's not that hard, guys. Not it's... that hard. They've designed the vehicle so that it is very easy to use. Your hands already should already be right there. At the 10 and 2 position. At the 10 and 2 position. Yeah, and the one that really pisses me off, too, is the... Uh... It's kind of like they're shoving it in your face in a, little, a little bit when they, you know, they're going a hundred miles an hour and then it's like slam on the brakes and make a turn. And then as they're almost, they've almost completed their turn, they'll slap that they're signal. Not throwing on. On. Yeah. yeah. So it, just to let you know, it does work. I'm just not going to use it. I'm always very conscientious not to like pass somebody if I know I'm going to have to turn within like the next mile or two. Yeah. You know, it's like, the courteous eh, thing to do. Just stay back. But yeah, I was behind somebody today coming back from town and they made the turn and I was like, son of a bitch. That wasn't that hard to do. Yeah. The does. opposite of that is something we experienced back in our youth when we worked for a certain independent school district to where sometimes people will just leave their turn signal on. 24-7. Well, the ear on that left turn signal was broken off in the, in, on the gear shift. So if it went on, and I want to say that was his bad eye side. <laughs> on account of the eye. And apparently, he had a bad eye. Yeah. And apparently he was deaf in that side, too, because you could hear the clicking if you were riding in the truck with him. Oh, yeah. But that left turn signal would just stay on all around town. And since he had to go to all the schools... And make a big circuit to make sure we were working. It'd just be left turns the entire way. And I would always get so anxious when he would be talking slash yelling at me about something, which happened quite a bit, because you don't know whether to look at the bad eye or not look at the bad eye. Like, is he going to be more pissed if he catches me staring at the bad eye, which is hard to do when, you know, when you're looking at his face or that it's obvious that I'm not looking at him because I'm afraid to look at the bad eye or that I'm just focused in on the good eye and won't look away. Well, I knew him my whole life because like we talked about in the past, that was one of my grandfather's best friends. I just looked at the bridge of his nose. See, I was always kind of afraid if I looked too long at the bad eye, it would do a kind of a Galaga move where it sucked me in. Yeah. <laughs> and circle back. Right. And then there'd be two of him. Yeah, the uh, the bad eye individuals, I always get uncomfortable when I'm talking, especially when you don't know the person. Right. Like you just, you're meeting them for the first time or just somebody you see at the grocery store and you strike up a conversation. And they might be like you're sideways to each other and you strike up a conversation and you turn to actually talk. <laughs> right. And you look at them and they've got the, the bad eye. Well, not a gimp eye. What do you, what do you call uh, Well, gouch eye. Yeah, gouch eye is the improper term. Right. Yeah, you got the gouch eye and you're like, and I'll, I'll go back and forth between the eyes and then I'll like burst into flames. Well, I feel like the lazy eye lobby must be fairly weak too because there's no set no protocol that's been put out there so we know what it, you know, what's proper procedure when you're having a conversation with someone with the bad eye. And you we don't, don't hear any, look. you don't hear any bad eye shaming talk or anything. Yeah. So I think it may be one of the last things you can make fun of. Right. 
Have you we ever? We should never make point. fun of anybody. No. Have you ever looked at your own pictures? Like somebody took a picture of you, and you noticed that your eyes aren't lined up exactly, looking, you know, dead on like you think. No, I have not. Check it next time you look at a picture of yourself. Really? Like especially head on. Let's see if you got one kind of cock yeah. out over there. Huh. It's very disturbing. I have to do that. Yeah. I think there was a Mitch Hedberg bit where he's talking about how there was a picture like his sister's family and she's kind of gouched eyes and looking over <laughs> to the right like there's something really cool <laughs> off to the side Man, of the Man, I love that guy. He was the best. He was so funny. So funny. Okay, now to uh Bailey and Cody's discussion. Hold on, I want to answer these I want to answer the thing about the broken bones. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, I guess let's tally him up on our own. Let's see, I broke my head, you know, face. Yeah, facial bones. The palate. How many, how many bones were involved in that break? It's hard to tell. So my nose was broken. and God, you were fucked up looking. <laughs> I know it. In the front part of my my upper jaw and then the back of the hard palate inside my mouth. mm, mm. And so that was, we'll call that three. Okay. And I think I've broken probably about eight of the ten fingers and about five of the ten toes. So, sixteen. But can, do you just, do you count fingers as just, well. I think just one. I guess, yeah. Because there's a bunch of different bones right. in, a, in a finger, but I'd just count that as one. I think it's always a one. Yeah. Even those three. Yeah. So, and then I, I broke the narvicular bone in my right hand, got a non-union cyst, basically a, a hole, like a bead. I remember when we were kids when you got that. We were that. kids. I was swinging off of a uh, door jam off of a stairwell from the scout meeting room, mm-hmm. landed on my hand flat, and it didn't heal right, and then it ended up having this weird hole in my bone. Really... So you're like Christ. Well, kind of, but it certainly ruined my masturbatory habits of junior high. Yeah. Do you have the stigmata? It was basically stigmata, except I, no bleeding. Okay. Although I'm pretty sure they probably, you know, did they hammer him through the hands? Through the wrist. Or through the wrist. Through the yeah. Because yeah. he's not going to hold anybody up no. in the hand. Anybody that's ever hung up a deer or a hog, you go, you go through that, between those two bones. Yep. Yeah. They know how to do it. They were really good at it. Yeah, the Romans were very good at that. They weren't fucking around. Yeah. So, I think I've broken a couple of ribs. So, maybe about 20 for me. Okay. Man, that's a lot. It is a lot. I've never broken a long bone, He's a clumsy fuck, though. That's true. And he's always up to hijinks. Exactly. Especially as we've gotten older, the hijinks. About once a year, he'll hurt himself good now. Have you ever... uh, have you been over, so you haven't been to the house and it's been a long time since you have for any inside the house on what's he coming over to do your lawn? Well, last time he came over, clean we clean the stable. We hung <laughs> yeah. out in the barn and we recorded the first oh, episode right. of this. The on the top of the piano, there's this little shadow box with a staple mounted on red velvet. You, you know, no, I've never that? seen that. So when we first bought the house, we were doing a lot of remodeling and home improvements. And I'm up in the attic trying to put in spray foam insulation. And I'm mounting these kind of 
baffles that keep the insulation going up against the roof. Mm-hmm. So I'm on my back over at the edge where it's real cramped. Yeah. And I had one of those newfangled. That's an old man term right yeah, there. True. For you. Newfangled. Newfangled ergonomic staplers that's easier to squeeze, mm-hmm. but they're the staple comes out of the opposite end of where you think it's going to. Okay. And I couldn't get purchase of where it, I wanted it, and I put my thumb up to brace it. Uh-oh. But that's where it actually came Boom. out. Right into the bone of my thumb. Mm. So I'm cussing. Takes me to the hospital because I we could have you went to it. the hospital for a well, staple. Hold on. Well, it was in the fucking bone. Yank that son of a bitch out with a pair <laughs> and then of pliers. I, then I die of black leg or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again with the color. We we oh motherfuckers, <laughs> quit it. I mean, we can't have one conversation without Gustav bringing it back to color. Dad gum, y'all are painting me with such a. Says the man wearing a black fleece. <laughs> Wow. Man, it's, I Just can't win. win. It's not even at the subconscious level anymore. <laughs> yeah. I can't win. So, being of the family that I am, we went to the hospital. Okay. They do an x-ray. They're like, yeah, it's in the bone. Like, no shit. I'm, I know it's in the bone. They finally pulled it out and just pumped me full of antibiotics. But, edit. <laughs> Mrs. Longmire. Mrs. Gustav. Wait a second. Sorry. We really Mrs. got Mano. off the rail. Wow. All right, Mrs. Monteblanc, having the sense of humor that she does, brought that staple home and put it in the shadow box to commemorate right. my... Right. It's an homage. Your, your Clark Griswold moment. One of many. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have quite as many as I used to. No, you don't. You've a matured. Lot a, a youth. Yeah. I, I almost lost a lot of fingers <laughs> Yeah. working out in the in the shop. Anyone that will... Doing that because that's too identifying. Yeah. Anyone that will put themselves in harm way, harm's way as you do is bound to come, come through it with a few bumps and bruises. I, I did put myself in harm's way a couple of times. But I would point out that I never drove drunk ever. Were you ever drunk? No, I've never been drunk. Well, there you go. Which So you've never had the opportunity to drive drunk? Well, I've never created the opportunity. There you go. I've certainly had the opportunity. Okay. It's not as if the people I was hanging around with didn't have any alcohol. Well, we didn't want you to drink because I always needed the DD. (laughs) Boy, designated driver, designated get us out of (laughs) our asses getting kicked. So many times. So many times. So many designations. All right, so you're at about 21 bones. Yeah, about that. All right. Go ahead. You? you can go ahead. Me, I, and Gustav has always laughed at me for this, I have not broke many bones. I like to think it's because I'm big boned. You are. Yeah. So big boned. And, uh, but I have, I've got a couple of funky fingers that I know I've broke a few times. And uh, like joints kind of crushed and bend weird ways and that kind of stuff and uh i think i've cracked a couple of ribs and uh specifically in a four-wheeler accident one time and that's it no long bones no feet 
ankles, wrists, anything like that. Just, yeah. just some fingers here and there. And it's always my finger in hand. <laughs> it's always my, uh, <laughs> the pinky on my right hand has taken so much punishment. You're really the, not helping <laughs> over the years. Stuff. Characterization. That's, a weird, that, that's that, a weird one to use. That's the one that's kind of twisted and mangled. And now it's I, good, huh? And then I almost cut it off with a chainsaw a couple of years ago. And, On uh, purpose? No, it was a complete accident. And because uh, that's a really bad choice of self mutilation. It was. It was. Instruments it was chainsaw. gnarled. It was gnarled up bad. And of course, I was cutting firewood. And uh, or no, I, yeah, I was cutting firewood and. I, Reached down to, there's a twig, got caught in the chain, had it in a bind, kind of, and uh, holding the chainsaw Gunned with my it. left hand, like a dumbass, I uh, reach over with my right hand to, and I'm not wearing gloves, to uh, flick this twig out of the way, pull this twig out, well, when it, <laughs> that sounded horrible, when I, when the twig... When that piece of wood broke loose, it threw my hand, it threw my hand into the chain and, uh, got my pinky pretty good and, uh, chewed it up bad, chewed it up real bad. So I taped it up with duct tape and put some gloves on. Then, uh, once I bled through the gloves, I called my sister-in-law, who's a nurse, asked her if she had any of those, one of those stereo strips. Right. Mm-hmm. So she came out. Salve. She came over to the house, and uh, I take the tape off of it. She looks at it. She's like, you probably need to go to the ER on this. I was like, no, nah, I think it's uh, it'll it'll heal up. She's like, you see that thing? Those are those are tendons. That's that's a nerve. That's a nerve. And uh, that one's that one. That's a no, that's that's cut. That's the end of it. That Your one pinky ring was all shot to hell. And, uh, yeah. It's cat's eye pinky. Never man. found that piece of turquoise. And, uh, I used to love turquoise. Man, the, uh, I remember back in high school when every finger had turquoise on it. Love turquoise. Turquoise love bolo. Turquoise. So anyway, a uh, couple of gnarled up fingers and a couple of cracked ribs. That's about it for me. Yeah, I haven't broken very many bones either. Some... But you, are, you are very pretty. <laughs> right, yeah. I like to think of myself as quite... Pretty. Uh, Quarterback pretty. Yeah. I've, uh, but I have, uh, broken my nose. Right. I've broken, uh, some fingers on my hand. I broke a couple of toes. And then they called it a real bad sprain, but it really felt like a break on my ankle one time. It never really got cleared up for me, but you know, it was one of those junior high football, we'll just call it a, Right. Sprain incident kind Puts of thing. Put on it and take right. it up. It sure was purple for a sprain. Remind me what position you played. In uh, junior high, I played receiver and I played safety. That's when I broke my, or sprained, I guess, my ankle. And that happened during practice. Did you, were you wearing your cowboy boots? Like I was, one of yeah, the team I was, members? I was wearing my jock on my helmet. And my cowboy boots, like one of our two separate separate team members did on occasions. But uh, I was, you remember how the guys that went to tutoring would come to practice late? Right. Well, I was uh, going out for a pass, and one of our friends 
uh, Shmaybe Shmillion. <laughs> Oh man. That's your best one yet. <laughs> oh. Schmaybe was, he was coming onto the field from tutoring along with three or four other guys. And so I'm running out, looking backwards for the ball, you know. As a good receiver should. Right. They're paying no attention, especially Schmaybe. He's not, you know, as he was prone to, he wasn't real alert. <laughs> and so he's wandered onto the field instead of walking down the sideline. He's wandered onto the field as I'm running straight towards him, right. basically. So I'm looking back. Gonna make this hell of a catch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm ready for my pose and I've got my TD dance planned and everything. And, and this I, is just practice. Yeah, we're talking, we ain't talking about a game. Right. I catch the ball. Run smack into him. Like he was, I guess he wasn't even looking. He had his head turned and we just, I just plowed right over him. He was holding his helmet, dropped his helmet. My foot went into his helmet, oh. went into his helmet and just, you can imagine Rolled. it just cracked sideways. Right. Held on to the ball. <laughs> it's important. Tried, you know, tried the dance, but it didn't work real well after that. But I, I remember falling, you know, it was just, it, Surprised me more than anything, because you're not, I mean, there wasn't any defense out there, like, we were just doing drills, weren't expecting to be hit by anybody. Fell to the ground, you know, my foot, I didn't even realize what was going on, my foot had gone in the helmet. I get up and try to run back, you know, to the huddle, and I take about two steps, and I'm just down on the ground. Like, it's obvious that one ankle doesn't work. Well, coaches pull me to the side, you know, send uh one of the managers in for a big bucket of ice and shove my <laughs> shove my foot in this bucket of ice and let it sit in there for about 30 minutes that was that hurt worse than the that's, mm-hmm. that's that's it's torture the wor- right there yeah. the worst part and uh and then one of our less competent coaches came over and gave it the once over and quickly diagnosed me with his you know Coach Price Fister. Yes, yeah. That's the let's say the coach that uh you would be most inclined to appreciate, given the color of his name, said uh <laughs> said um you know he he used his uh, vast medical training to diagnose me with just a sprain, and uh you know I had to be on crutches for a while and then got to get back in back in football, but. Yeah, that was my experience with the broken ankle. So, between all three of us combined, we wouldn't break 30, I don't think. No. I don't think so. Probably be right at it, I guess. Yeah. Now, based on what I've seen from uh, Twitter, uh, young Cody has broken just about every bone in his body in a car wreck, I think. So, he's pretty much like that Samuel L. Jackson character in that Unbreakable movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So maybe he's got one of those cool glass canes. Maybe he's orchestrating a series of despicable events. Maybe. Tying back to conspiracies now. Uh, Oh, very nice. Oh, and uh, South Korea is way better. Oh, yeah. So much better. Because you can't get anything to eat in North Korea. And it's further south. Right. Yeah. We don't like things from the north. Right. It's a general rule. Conspiracies. Conspiracy theories. 
I like a conspiracy. Oh. oh West of like the it. Rockies are on the air. <laughs> Wild card line. Um, when we were kids, back in the 70s and early 80s, we made mention a couple episodes back, the Leonard Nimoy pseudo-documentary series In Search Of mm. that came on either before or after Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I can't remember which, but that was one of those things. It's vampires. It's Bermuda Triangle. It's what the fuck happened to Amelia Earhart. All that good stuff. I ate that up with a spoon. And then as you got older, you know, when we were in high school, we had the JFK movie. So that stirred up. Such a good movie. Yeah. The, the general was very fond of JFK conspiracies yes. and Manson conspiracies. Yes, very much so. So that was always bubbling over in the corner. And uh, it's pretty much just gotten worse from there, you know. Yeah. It's hard to beat a good conspiracy theory. The – yeah, JFK, and that's, that's tops. You know, and I've – Kind of gotten to the age where I'm like, eh, maybe Oswald was just him, and he was lucky, and pulled this thing off. And then I start thinking, what are the chances of somebody being able to, um, being able to do that by themselves and get that freaking lucky? Which, I mean, if you, if you've watched other documentaries about it, you know, Talking about, I'm sure Dallas wasn't the only city like this, but just police presence and protocols and all that kind of stuff in the early '60s. There wasn't, there wasn't any of that. No, you know, yeah. you just kind of did what you wanted, and that kind. I mean, just and, and you watch those documentaries now, and you just look from. I mean, because everybody watches, you know, everything from making a murder down to, and you just look at all the little stuff that was just so inconsistent and how in the hell would they just leave that laying out there like that and that kind of you know so but i'm sure that's that's just the way it was back then and and so i I don't know jfk in my mind i like to run around you know all the different conspiracies with jack ruby and you know dixie mafia and uh cubans and yeah there's there's so many different things yeah I think there's CIA. I think there's more to it than just Oswald by himself. I don't have the answer of what pieces it all together yeah. is. It just does seem you don't have the answer. I don't. Well, I don't. I do not. I'm sorry. Okay. I won't even pretend. Right. Now, as far okay, what about you, Ty? Well, I am. Uh, I am a believer in the lone gunman theory. Are you? That I that book that Gerald Posner case closed book. Is, uh, convince me. He's quoting authors. Yeah. Wow. He's citing. Well, that, I mean, I, I think that's the, that's the definitive book for the lone gunman theory. Mm-hmm. And. Have I, you taken a bath? In, with Gordo? With Gordo and Lee Harvey's bathtub? I'd like to plead the fifth on that. Okay. Uh, but I, I think like a lot of things that, you know, retrospectively it lends itself to this one especially to all kinds of plausible conspiracy theories just because there being a number of unanswered questions but i think what was laid out in that and then other people i mean including 
you know, Gordon, who knows a lot about that, has laid out is that if you consider the evidence for the most plausible of theories, that the majority of it leans towards Oswald acting alone, at least the actual shooting. Right. Now, well, what was what all was involved behind that, and that that's a whole other story. It's kind of Ockram's razor, whatever the right, right. The, the simplest, the easiest solution it tends to be the the most plausible, and uh, and I, I've been convinced or on that part of it, as far as what else could have been going on around that, and to that. Others that might have been involved behind the scenes and that kind of thing. That I've still got some questions about. But I don't believe that there were any other shooters that day besides him. You know, one of the things with conspiracies in general, there have been so many things that have come to light over the last maybe 40 years of things that had happened in the last 100 years. Things like the... uh, Government experimenting on the Tuskegee Airmen, the, the Tuskegee yeah. experiments, and things like that, and then other countries where things have happened. Um, it just makes you realize that yes, there are segments of governments that are capable of doing crazy things in secret. Men who stare at goats, right? The crack cocaine conspiracy and right. all that piece. Yeah, you know and. Uh, Around country, contra, you know, running mm-hmm. guns and selling this to that. There's all these things that certainly lend themselves to some of the less crazy conspiracies. Right. Now, if you spend time staying up all night listening to Coast to Coast, you're going to get space wars on the dark side of the moon and stuff like that. What about people that swear we faked the moon landings? I just, for what purpose? I don't, I don't, I don't understand to beat the Russians. Yeah, I mean, I get the, I get the purpose of the morale part of it, of that, you know, we yeah. set this goal. It, it is convenient that it happened. You know, we're going to do this. You know, by this certain time, and right. then it, it happens. Yeah. You know, right before the deadline and that kind of thing, and the morale issue of yeah. trying to beat the Russians and you know build up the country. That part of it, I get. Yeah, I just. But the number of can, people that have to be involved at, with a conspiracy for it to, you know, to be sound, that, that factor is always a big one for me. I could understand, like, right after it happened, folks calling bullshit on that. Like, right. that's bullshit. But then within five years or so, ten years after it, of them being able to say, well, yeah, hell, I guess we yeah, did. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's one of those things, it probably has had, at some point, it had a, like a low point where yeah. everybody's like, yeah, and then I think the internet comes back and then right. people are like, oh yeah, you know. And of course, you know, you got all the conspiracies about uh, 9-11, all uh, that piece, yeah, and that'll make your head stuff. hurt. Uh, but what do you think about the Bermuda Triangle that he brought up? What's well, your theory on the Bermuda Triangle? I don't have a theory on the Bermuda Triangle. There's no doubt... That because it's a very um, populated, as far as traffic goes, mm-hmm. area for both small aircraft, shipping, mm-hmm. and historically there's been so much traffic through that area, and there are a lot of storms. There's been a lot of stuff. Right. It's not like, you know, if you're out in the middle of the Atlantic where nobody goes, nothing right. happens in the doldrums, you know? Yeah. 
but here we have this place where there's hurricanes and everything else. Yeah, I mean, so, it seems fairly yeah. explainable by some, you know, some rational yeah. environmental variables. I, I contribute that to weather, yeah. Now, I think a lot of that, what we think of as the Bermuda Triangle, I think that was all just hype to sell books and You're right. stuff. Because I remember that was big, was big in the late yeah. 70s, early 80s. So we've talked about how I've got this big board game collection. Mm-hmm. One of the prizes in it is, and I want to say it's a Milton Bradley Bermuda Triangle game from the 70s at the height of the Bermuda Triangle craze. Mm-hmm. And it's got some of the shittiest game mechanics ever because the whole point is you're shipping cargo from island to island in the Bermuda Triangle. Fun. And like there's a spinner. <laughs> Let's play that tonight, Dad. There's a spinner thing that if it gets you, you lose your cargo, you mm. lose your ship. But it was just cashing in on that craze. Right, right. Now, I'll tell you the first, and I'm still pretty fascinated by this, uh, the, as a small child, the first documentary type thing, conspiracy theory that I remember seeing that just captivated me was, man, I was maybe in kindergarten. We were over at my aunt's house. It was a family thing. Everybody gathered around. All my cousins were older. And, uh, there was a documentary about Bigfoot. And it was the footage, what's the famous footage where you see him yeah, he's walking, walking away. back over his shoulder. And it was like when, yeah, it was that one. And, uh, and that was like some of the only photography of him or right. movie of him, you yeah. know. And I remember that terrified me as a smoke, cause I remember, uh, it was like, shit, it, that's freaking real. You know, cause then too, you're at the, which I wasn't exposed to the kind of TV you were exposed to. If I saw on TV, it was, Right. real. Because you know, I was busy like, watching like six, Peter Pan. Six Million Dollar Man with Bigfoot fi- fighting aliens. Right, right. right. And, uh, see, I, I've always been, uh, fascinated by Bigfoot stories. Me uh, too. I, I'm a Bigfoot enthusiast. Yeah. It's Have just because he keeps trying to suck your dick. Yeah, well, that doesn't hurt. But that, uh, do you remember that old movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek yes. about yes. the South Monster? Uh huh. That, from the time I saw that, I was hooked. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm not to the point of like going to the conventions or anything, <laughs> but I haven't ruled it out. Like when they had that one over in Fort Worth, I think it was about mm-hmm. three or four years ago, and yeah. the Bigfoot Association of Texas or uh-huh. whatever, and they, um, and actually one of my buddies lives in an East Texas town where the Bigfoot hunters came and uh-huh. filmed an episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just fascinated with that. Now, do I think that that's out there, the way it's portrayed? No, I don't. But it's right. a blast yes. to, to be into. And talking about the Bigfoot Hunters Association of Texas or whatever yes. they call it. Have you ever been on their website? Oh, yeah. Have you, Gustav? I have not. Okay. go. Which I hadn't in a couple of years. But you can go on there and they have like, you know, a map of reported sightings, and it's a map of Texas and dots on it. And yeah, can, it's a very sex offender map looking. Yeah, exactly. You can click on the dot, and it'll tell you, you know, it'll tell you, it'll tell you the sighting. Right. You know, give you a rundown of what happened. And there's a couple from our neck of the woods. I don't doubt it. And and I sit there and I read the finding, and in like this one, it was a 
that I remember, and this person was saying they had found a bedding area. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, which there was no pictures or anything, but I'm just reading the description, and I'm like, that's, uh, that's a that's a deer, that's a coyote. Hog. That's a, well, it, yeah, I mean, could be a hog, wasn't tore up, but I'm like, you know, yeah, that's a, that's an animal. Right. You did find, you're correct, you did find a bedding area, but, you know, they found like some hair or something like that, and it was, you know, it's fascinating not fascinating, entertaining reading some of this. And and I really think, uh, you know, because in our old stomping grounds up in southeast Oklahoma, that's a hotbed yeah. of Bigfoot hunters. And it's grown in the last 10 to 15 years. And I really, I used to Pashaw. pass by this theory, but now... Especially since that area has gotten hot on the map, I'm attributing it to black bear sightings. Of black bears on their, hind, on their hind feet doing, I mean, I have no doubt that, I mean, of course, some of these but people. But how do you explain the chupacabra? So, some of these people are making shit up. Or the duende. The duendes. Uh, you know, some people make this shit up. I have no doubt. But I, I do believe that some people actually, I mean, cause I've seen stuff that I, could not identify that I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But it was just because I didn't get a good look at it. And, you know, if it was, it would have gave me time to sit there and look at it. I was like, oh, okay, that's this. But if you're just catching a glance of something, yeah, no doubt you saw something, but was it a Bigfoot? Yeah. I don't think so. Where do y'all fall on the and have y'all had any experiences with the UFO. Mm. So situation. when I was a kid, again, UFOs were a big giant thing big. when we were kids. Oh. I swore I saw something above the tree line, not close, but mm-hmm. that didn't move and mm-hmm. uh and I wanna say my mom may have come and looked too. In hindsight, I think it was probably a planet. Okay. You know, probably uh, Mars. Mm-hmm. But I really, but I was all geared up thinking. Right. I think in general, my basic understanding of the physics of the universe, the chances of anybody figuring out how to travel fast enough to get anywhere and then finding a place to go, I think it's a pretty long shot. You know, even for an advanced civilization? Even for an advanced civilization. But what about, do you think, where do you fall on, is there life elsewhere or not? I don't know. So, I am probably what you would call a intelligent design type person. Because the complexity of cellular... Right. Nature. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're probably all in accord yeah, on that. We're all there. I'm not, I can't say that I'm a seven day creationist. No, I'm not. No. But I certainly think that there is a, a guiding hand in all of this. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a design which suggests a designer. Yes. So the idea that that's exclusive to this one place, I can't, I think that's kind of selfish. For right. Lack of a better term. But I can't say that it happened anywhere else. But and even if even if I was a purely, t- 
total evolutionist. This is started from primordial ooze. The odds of it happening again someplace, I don't know what they are. They'd have to be very high. Right. Yeah. And then the odds of it working out to the point that you got to an advanced civilization, I don't know. It's a big, it's a big place. Certainly there's probably something out there. Yeah. I just don't know that anybody could come up with some way to get there and then come probe our butts. Yeah. I mean, I think the statistical probability, given the size as far as we know of the universe, of this being the only life, is minuscule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, just from a statistical right. probability point of view, the chances that this is the only life are, you know, so extremely I, small. I've, I'm, um, I'm of the thought, I, I believe in extraterrestrial life. Uh, as y'all have stated, you do. I believe in somewhat of an intelligent design. Uh, I, I used to believe, you know, straight up kind of chaos theory of it was just a chance happening that all the, and, and then the more I studied and the more I read, honestly, the, the probability of that happening by accident was far less than right and i mean than an intelligent design of some sort and like i said i I don't believe in the seven day creation thing uh i don't believe in uh i mean i believe in evolution things things evolve uh microevolution uh, evolution today. Well, so I mean, when I say macro ta- versus macro evolution, so the idea that we have a, a jump from single cell organism mm-hmm. to a complex organism, that would be macro evolution. Right. Whereas micro evolution where I've got a isolated species where the only chance that they can get food is they have a long beak. The right. long beak ones survive. Yeah. So we see, yeah. we breed right. animals. So right. we see right. microevolution and work all the right. time. The sustainability, cause that's always the one thing. Sure, you could draw, if you took evolutionary biology, if mm-hmm. you took such a class. Oh yeah. I did. I did. You know, when you start drawing your, or the cladograms or whatever, it's one thing to say I can link the chain. Right. It's another thing to su- say I can sustain this change across enough of a sample size to support an explosion of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you have that period like that Cambrian explosion period or whatever to where it doesn't match up perfectly with a with what you're talking about with that that macro of that's going in this perfect line and that there's there are these explosion periods to where it suggests that more of a micro evolutionary process right. so I think it's much more defensible scientifically you know and with anything you either have faith in your faith and mm-hmm. if you augment that with scientific your understanding of those right or you have faith in this theory. Yeah. And historically, science has been wrong multiple times on some really big theories that we've taken as full, saying, you know, this is a heliocentric 
world we live in. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, that wasn't quite the case. So it's one of those things where I've always had to balance my faith, which has always had questioning aspects when it comes to that sort of thing, against the science that I've studied quite a bit of. Right. And I don't believe that virginity is as common as it used to be. <laughs> I'm still waiting to lose mine. Y'all like y'all love Don Williams too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh yeah, I mean as far as yeah, I think you have to have a good balance between scientific knowledge and if you are a religious person of of that you can't um, I'm trying to tiptoe around. You're, you're going to say we can't go around wearing prairie dresses and considering ourselves prophets. Uh, yeah, something like that. And uh, what am I going to do with all these damn prairie dresses? I right, think? right. If you take it from the Bible, how it came about? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that it was boom. There's a there's a human. There's a. I mean, I think there was a little. That there was some evolution involved there from different species, perhaps. But I don't know. You know, all this is a work in progress. I don't know. Well, I think that's a good podcast if you ever get a chance. Yeah, yeah, I know they're good. Uh, I mean, I I think it's always the always best route to go with like focusing on the things that seem more well established and not putting as much credence or faith in the things that are less known yeah you know there's i mean there's a lot of things that we do know uh, about uh have the evolutionary biology process works that has progressed and progressed and we've learned you know more and more about but there's still basic structures of that that oh, hasn't yeah. changed you know right. that hasn't changed a lot that seem pretty settled science so here's something that i've been thinking about a lot lately and that is so we have our dna we all agree that we've got DNA, and that's the I've got blueprint. some of yours. You've got some of it right there on your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Cross the room. One of our friends bragged about an amazingly long shot one time across the back of a girl that like hit past her <laughs> past her head. Was this the cums heard around the world, or? Wasn't that a schoolhouse rock? <laughs> I think it was Fraggle Rock. That was schoolhouse cock. Yes. Yes. But he was oh. quite proud of that. Available on VHS. He could also piss now, how up. Did that, okay, hold on. <laughs> Does this, when you started into, I, we can I all agree I, that we have DNA or that we believe not, in DNA. You, you got sidetracked. No, that was the, the setup for that story. <laughs> Is that the setup? No, it's not the setup okay. at all. That's not what I was thinking about. But it made me think of this friend that shot this huge, far-reaching load over this girl's shoulder and head from behind. Okay. Who could also stand... Oh, same dude? Same dude. Okay. And easily piss up on top of the uh, single-story concession stand out of the football field Mm -hmm. that involved kind of a pinching (laughs) of the head. And you kind of had to pull it apart, pinch it, and it would... Good. It's an interesting technique. Yeah. I got to where I could do that too. Once he explained it, I was like, I think I can once do this. Mis- once he explained the mechanics behind it. Yes. And he was a physics oriented gentleman. Right. It's kind of like making the squeak with the balloon. Or right. Just that's a little. Ex- that's okay. exactly. Yeah. The same sort of pinching motion. Same yeah. thing. You can get a, you can get a good eight, nine foot. With You're a creating good, kind of a, uh, it's like the water laser. Right. Well, I, I don't think, I think it was just a 
a volume and, you know, you know when you were younger, you could shoot further. Sure, sure. Made many a three-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What I was actually thinking about was DNA carrying something other than just the physical quali- uh, qualities. Mm. So the idea of anything having any sort of nature or instinct would require that that nature or instinct be carried on that DNA. So people talk about how animals know how to migrate back to some place when they were laid on a mm-hmm. beach and then that turtle right. goes off somewhere else. I was else. laid on a beach one time. <laughs> Sand in your vagina. Yeah. And he kept going back to that same place. Yeah. So. Never happened happen again. again. That lady driving up offering a blowjob. Still, yeah. once a year, he migrates back <laughs> to the beach and lays, on, lays there on for a on couple hours. It's uh, a bad up. sunburn. Yeah. yeah. He's, he makes the long trip home. Back with his tail between his legs. Yeah. I saw him hopping up a stream, and a bear tried to swipe him one day. <laughs> okay, so you're questioning if our DNA carries behaviors. Behaviors. I think it carries the. I think it carries the information to predispose us. To certain behaviors. See, I, I don't know. So, my knowledge of DNA are four simple amino acids linking mm-hmm. together. You didn't watch the OJ trial? I did watch the Come OJ on, trial. Come on, Shaq. Okay. Y'all know I did. <laughs> uh, Lord. Furman. No, but I, I mean, yeah, I think that's... Uh, because some of these things, I feel like this goes on a lot too, is that some people have different beliefs or theories um, about there being uh, either something that's that unifies human behavior, that kind of thing, or that gives uh, that they characterize either in moral terms or they characterize it in behavioral terms or uh, or just in uh, you know, physical terms right. like that the makeup of something is what causes, you know, these patterns and that kind of thing. But a lot of times it feels like that to me that people are all talking about the same thing and just calling it a different name or characterizing it in a different way. So <clears throat> Jung was big on archetypes, right? Right. And Joseph Campbell, on the comparative mythology side, was big on these archetypes, where we have these civilizations across time periods and across the globe that all have these common archetypes, for lack of a better term, that are just inherent to the human nature. So there's got to be something there. We're about 50 minutes in. Really? Amazing how time flies. What have we been doing? Talking about that dude coming real far. Okay. Arcing it. It's all about the art. All about that's, the art. Yeah, that's my question. Did he, when when he was, you know, for the P or for the cums? No, when he was going with the, because uh, I didn't see the cums. I was there for the P. But, but did he? I mean, I'm assuming that he described in some detail the cums. Well, I believe it was in a doggy position. Well, yeah, I'm, I was with you there. 
And he pulled out. Um, yeah, if he shot it through a mouth, <laughs> that would have been really impressive. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, 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 a, like a reverse clown move from the fair. How are you going <laughs> to... How are you going to explain that unfortunate accident? That's a yeah. hell of a putt putt shot Whoops. right yeah. there. <laughs> no, he got a free game. <laughs> he got a he got a Motley Crue mirror. He got a Motley Crue mirror. He got a giant feathered roach clip. Uh, no, but I'm wondering, like, if he was, if this was a, because I got the distance part of it, but I'm wondering if this was a, a straight on straight shot or yeah, was this a arc. line drive or was this an arc situation? Well, I believe he backed out. There was probably was there some tilt up. I, I'm, I would assume there's an angle of tilt up, probably for him planning on a, a basic arc shot into the small of the back, but basic maneuver. But yeah, but I'm sure I, I would assume that it arced at some point in the trajectory. Well, yeah, but it was probably up and over. With his I just wonder how. I'm, I'm just wondering how long of a flat line. Uh, now you she know, how was, long it flatlined? What she distance? was not a tall girl, so I would assume. Do you know this girl? We all know this girl. I, Is she in I this room right now? I don't now? know this story. I don't think I, I've never heard this. Well, I will tell it afterwards. Okay. okay. But uh, well, I'm, I mean, I feel like we need to we need to, and we can do this off air if we need to, but we need to zapruder this thing a little bit more back yeah. and to the left. Yeah, because he pulled back. He pulled back and shot over her left. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to try to wrap it up and say, and this was in the big hair days as well. So they had oh, to make it over the that's hair. A that's a good point. point. So it, it would have had to probably been a higher trajectory. There were some bangs. Yeah. Some and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if it got caught. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Did it land on a pair of Rockies? I mean, we and don't know. She don't was a know how much. Uh, how much hyperbole was involved? Right. How much. This was elaborated. Right. You know. Right. This is one. You have to factor in a little bit of elaboration. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the tall, you know, Paul Bunyan and Tall Tales and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) Make for damn good stories, though. Well, they make for very entertaining stories, or we wouldn't have spent the last 15 minutes talking about this. Comes. Okay. All right. Well, guys, uh, it's been another good one. Find us on Twitter. You know where, give us an email, subscribe to us, and we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Seems weird that NASA calls these things moon pigeons. The Legend of Boggy Creek, rated G. I'm going to hide this tape when I'm finished. If none of us make it, at least there'll be some kind of record. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas.